1: Taking a Walk with Buzz Knight. Gene Levanche, how a young lad from the mean streets of Walpole became one of the most recognizable anchors in Boston. I'm Buzz Knight, the host of the Taking a Walk podcast, and we are at Bird. Park in Walpole to meet up with a man who's interviewed newsmakers, celebrities, everyday citizens. He's hit every zip code in this fine state, I guarantee you, uh, field anchoring the very popular zip trips. And he's even mastered the fine art of floating dad jokes. Welcome Gene LaVanche, anchor of Boston 25 News, to
2: take it a walk. Buzz, well, great great to be with you. Thanks for the invite, and, and thanks for coming out here to beautiful Bird Park in Walpole. It's so great to be here and uh how does
1: one master the fine art of uh, floating dad jokes
2: (laughs) (laughs) well you know i'll say this you don't have to necessarily be a dad to do it you just have to like a good pun and just throw it out there and see what happens and and if you're lucky enough some will pop into your head here or there there are the old standards of course but uh just having the opportunity to throw them in when they pop up is it's fun and Practice, practice, practice. I guess. Don't be afraid. You got a dad joke? Just throw it out there. Let's. All right. What was one recently that uh,
1: you think really hit it out of the park? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, I don't know if they hit them out of the park, but something comes up. It's kind of a dad joke approach, I guess, instead of actually telling a dad joke. Like today, we did something. You know, marijuana is now the top product in Massachusetts. It's it's almost doubled cranberries. So I was like, "Well, we had to dig through the weeds to get this one." Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you, you mix the cranberries uh, with the, you know, your Thanksgiving dinner. It's going to be a pot belly. So it's all kind of interconnected. So any stupid little thing you have, oh, that's uh, the best. You can, you can throw out there. It's the best. Did you ever
1: think in your uh, in your lifetime that you'd see uh, marijuana legalized <laughs> and gambling legalized? No, no.
2: Gambling, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but the marijuana, when I you know, I was growing up, it was always like, oh, you know, it's taboo, and now it's embraced, and now it's a, a big revenue generator, casinos now. Just think about the new revenue streams here in Massachusetts that we've had that didn't exist before, which is part of the reason everybody's getting a check, because the state generated too much tax revenue, which kicked into that law from 1986. So everybody's going to get a refund, but you have the, you know, the marijuana... Casino gambling, the sports betting coming up now—it's—it's it's remarkable, and I never ever thought DC marijuana. I mean, kids I know, nobody—you know—people I know, friends will say, "Buzz." That's right. Who use it in college, and you're trying to hide, and then now you just go on the street, smoke some marijuana, and nobody thinks anything about it.
1: Life is—it's uh, it's, crazy, <laughs> could... and who knows where else we're going from here,
2: right? I don't know if I want to know. Yeah, I know, I know, right? Just stay in the here and now and deal with that. So set the scene, we're at
1: this beautiful park here uh, called Bird Park in Walpole, and uh, I, I bet you've taken a few walks here in your time.
2: Yeah, uh, over the years, especially with four kids, we would come here to play. This, the big open field, there'd be a lot of youth soccer going on here, tennis tournaments. As I was telling you earlier, the tennis courts here, I, I won my, my very first trophy at 10 years old, Buzz, in a tennis tournament here. And uh, I'm not sure that trophy still exists, but it's a moment you remember as a kid. And it's just a beautiful open space. We'd come here in high school, just kind of hang out and sit around, and it's still a beautiful place for people, families come to enjoy. And if you're lucky enough, most towns will have a place like this. I know we do here in Walpole, and it's it's a gem. And they take good care of it. Trustees look out for it. People respect it. It's, just, it's a great spot. It's
1: beautiful. It's beautiful. Did you ever envision that... Uh You'd become a celebrity in your own backyard, Gene? Um,
2: No, and I don't, (laughs) I'm not real uh, comfortable with that. I mean, I'm just a guy doing a job. People happen to be able to watch you on television, I suppose. But um, I never really thought of it in those terms. It's it's nice when people come up and they may recognize you or have something nice to say or maybe see a story you did or remember something they saw on the air that they liked. And if they mention it to you, to me, it's just sort of an affirmation that, as a group, we're doing a good job. And I appreciate it because the fact they are watching yeah, helps me feed my and provide for my family.
1: But I think uh, your longevity in the Boston market, um, I think, is the fact that you are sort of, you know, the every man who's just doing your job. So do you
2: think that's yeah. true? that's how I look at it yeah I mean um, there's nothing I think one of the things that you know my parents instilled in me especially my mother any anything can be taken away from you at any time there's nothing guaranteed so you try to approach it as if this you know, hey maybe it could be the last day you're doing this or some new management comes in and they don't like you and I don't have to tell you how that works someone can change your mind and say I don't care how long this guy's been around I don't I don't like him and it's a very subjective thing they're you know, in, in our business, there are ratings, but th- those can be spun any way you want. So it's not like you're in sales where they say, "Oh, well, you generated X amount of sales. This guy's valuable." There's really nothing that can tie us into to ratings. You can try to make that case, but if someone doesn't like you and they're in the position of deciding who's on the air and who's not, if well, they don't like you, it's all over, and there's nothing you can do about it. You could be doing some of the best work you've ever done, and then new management comes in and says, "eh." We want to try something else. So it, it, it just kind of keeps you focused and appreciative of every day and the people you work with. And you do it day after day, and that leads to year after year, and that leads to whatever it's been over 30 years now.
1: Uh, that's great. Well, congratulations on that. And uh, how, in your <clears throat> view, has the media landscape really changed during this period of time
2: that you've been uh, on the air? Pretty remarkable. First of all, how we present everything, technology has changed. We used to have those big satellite trucks, remember those things with a dish on the top? And you'd have to run yards and yards of cable to get to the truck. And then you'd have to buy satellite time. No, all that's gone. We now go live anywhere we want with something that's the size of a backpack without any cables by just getting on the internet. It's truly more Wi-Fi, you can, you can go anywhere. So from the technology standpoint, it's been huge. When I first started, there was no... CNN was in existence, but there was no MSNBC, there was no Fox News, there was no cable news. There were no none of the media outlets uh, that are on the internet now, and those sites, none of it. So now there's a saturation, I think. There's a lot of different places that people can go to to get their news, to consume the news, even newspapers. They're all online now. So. All of this stuff has changed to the point where there's more competition and you have to, you know, the social media to me is a way to, to sort of get word. It's more of a marketing tool, I think, than it is anywhere to actually put your product. I mean, you do put your product there, but you, you don't use that as the be all and end all. From, from my perspective, the social media is used to promote your product Maybe a little brand awareness, and then people will get to know your product, and then they'll watch you. There's been nothing that I have seen that shows there's a correlation to your presence on social media and your ratings. So they like to say, sometimes consultants say, well, your social media, that'll get your ratings. Well, there's no proof for that. It'll help build your awareness. People may get to know you, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to tune in to watch when you're on. When your shows are on, be it morning, evening, late night, etc.
1: So when you were sitting in class at uh, Emerson College, were you envisioning uh, a news um, angle in your career or were you exclusively focused then in the sports side? It was all sports.
2: Everything I did was geared toward being a sportscaster, being a sports reporter, covering teams. You know, I realized at a young age I wasn't going to be a good enough athlete to play for the Red Sox or (laughs) whatever, but I wanted to be around sports. And growing up in Boston, I mean, what a treat. We were spoiled with the sportscasters we had and how much time was given to sports and the teams we had and the athletes who came through here. It was just, oh my God, it was a, it was a feast of, of great coverage, of great reporters and great teams. All of that came together and we wanted to find a way to be a part of it. So I don't know, for some reason as a kid, I was always drawn to it, um, broadcasting and journalism. I remember being like third, fourth grade, I'd bring the newspaper into school and read it and people were like, you're weird. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I don't know. So you I guess knew a, then, huh? Yeah, I, it was just, I did, I did. It was kind of a drive of um, just being curious about everything. And that led to uh, you know taking journalism classes in high school and then going to Emerson and um, just getting a lot of breaks along the way and, and being able to pursue covering sports. And it was awesome. Got to cover a lot of great events. Got to cover the teams I grew up watching, and then when the time came to make the transition over to news, um, you know, I was ready to do that. And was that
1: something that uh, sort of came to you that changed the news, or was that something that say, you I would, looked at?
2: I would like to say that I had a crystal ball, and that was brilliant about where things were going in terms of sports coverage and the emphasis, or lack thereof now maybe, compared to what it used to be, but really it was a personal thing in that I had four kids at the time, all under the age of nine and i would be off to work before they were home from school and then they'd be off to school before i get out of bed so it wasn't really conducive to being a good parent and luckily the opportunity at then fox 25 popped up and it seemed to fit some of my skills well and i knew some people there and you know thank the lord it all fell into place and i've been there 20 years now wow it's amazing so the uh concept
1: of the zip trips mm-hmm. I've always loved it how it just uh, really embeds uh, you know your your station and your show in a community um, what are some <clears> of the <throat> favorite zips that
2: uh, you really uh, really love <laughs> <laughs> well they all you kind of remember a little something about all of them and we've been doing it for so long now we've we've revisited towns. We've been there once, and then 10, 12 years later, we're back again. So you always remember what you did the first time. But for me, um, I think I've enjoyed the ones where we've had some celebrities actually come out. Martin Short came out to Milford. Wow. We had Roddy Roddy Piper down in Norwell. We had uh, Eddie Money live in Westwood with us. Uh, Joe Theismann was with us in in Burlington. So... (laughs) You try and explain to these people, they come on to promote something or whatever, when you try to explain to them, no, no, no. Well, we're gonna be out in this town, there'll be a lot of people there, and they have no idea what to expect. And then they come out, and obviously the crowd loves to see them, and it turns out to be as beneficial to them as it was to us. So to get their reaction is phenomenal. And then just to see these these celebrities coming out to small town Massachusetts, for, for, and they don't know what to expect. It, it's uh, it's hilarious, and they've all loved it.
1: Okay, quiz. Um, what former <laughs> Boston radio DJs from Milford?
2: Was that Lockwood? There,
1: yeah, There, you know. That was <laughs> a, That was an easy one. <laughs> a previous guest to the Taking a Walk podcast, and, and sure. a legend, a
2: true legend. Oh my God, the big mattress, all of that. I loved all those guys. Ken Shelton, um, who I interviewed a couple times, and. I always thought he was kind of the secret glue to the the whole BCN lineup there, Mark Parento, all those guys. It was, I mean, we're spoiled. I was talking about going up on TV and watching all the sports casters. Don Gillis, for example. I remember uh, Bill O'Connell, I remember Len Berman on Channel 4. All of them had a big influence on me. And then the radio guys, like you mentioned, BC. I mean, we're just spoiled here with so much great media talent to grow up and watch.
1: Well, you could actually, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, subscribe and share it. And, and please do, by the way. And rate it and all <laughs> that. But people listen to the sound sometimes, Gene, and they're yep. like, um, where well, are first you first of all, I hear <laughs> that noise. Was that really the leaves? Yes. So we are actually walking.
2: And uh, the other thing, We're people... Very, f- a very wooded part of Bird Park here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of shade, a lot of foliage, and at this time of year, a lot of leaves on the ground. Yeah, and people also sometimes go, well, wait, you, you guys were huffing and puffing a
1: little. We're not yeah, huffing yeah. and puffing. No, we're actually walking. We're actually walking.
2: I'm speaking that's... for myself, not in the greatest of shapes, but managing to still... Carry on a conversation. Oh, well, I think you're doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> now you are. And um, do you like taking walks though? I, mean,
1: I do. Just to kind of clear the head? Yeah,
2: know, think? I think especially, you know, you get to be uh, our age, my age certainly. I used to run a lot. But the knees started to go and then the ankle and then the hips. And you'd run four days a week or five days a week. And then you cut it back to three. And then you cut it back to two. And then I'm like, you know what? Why am I even running anymore? So <laughs> it doesn't look <laughs> fun, right? <laughs> no. You want to exercise, but you don't want to wind up in traction when you're done. So no, it's not. I've just taken a walk.ing Now You walk three miles. Like you said, you clear your head. Some days maybe you listen to music or taking a walk. Podcast. There right? you go. There you it's go. Perfect companion. Yep.
1: Nice uh, art of uh, the uh, cross promote. <laughs> right? We try. Yeah. Uh, next, a teaser from June Levanchi from <laughs> Boston Twenty Five. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned some of the folks that have come out to the zip trips. Yeah. Um, so I would imagine those were some uh, great interviews and ones that you particularly, you know, had fun with, and mm-hmm. the guest was terrific. Um, any that sort of went the other way, sure. I don't know if you want to mention them by well, we name or just kind of vaguely two, refer to them, whatever no, you like. Two celebrities
2: that were, were bad, just bad interviews. Mini Driver came in and I guess she was having a bad day, I don't know. I can only base it on my experience with her, but she was not very friendly at all, not very cooperative, was very uncomfortable. Uh, and the other one, Tommy Lee Jones. Wow. We did a... Um, an interview with him one word answers looking at the floor he was rude and the problem <laughs> with that is uh anyway, hey listen maybe i could have done a better job i don't know but usually people who are agreeing to do an interview about something they're promoting an item they're very cooperative sometimes playful neither one of them were the times i interviewed him and what they need to understand is uh it's just another interview to them they've done millions of them but it's going to be seen by people in the Boston area. And whatever they're promoting, you would figure that they'd be excited about it because they want everybody else to be excited about it. So play along. Make it fun. Look like you're glad to be there. But neither one of them were very interested in that. And it was—it it, gets to be uncomfortable, too. That's When you know it's not, you know what it is. When you're doing an interview and you know it's not going well, it can get uncomfortable. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean... And there's no turning back. <laughs> no, there's right? not. And, and uh, we, you know, so the Tommy Lee Jones one, um, we had taped that. Mini Driver was live, so there was no getting around it. We had talked about the Tommy Lee Jones one, and it's like, well, should we air it? And So we did air it. It was awful. But we opened up the microphones while the interview was going on, the taped interview. And guy, Doug Gowdy, VV, who used to work with us, we just kind of talked back and forth about well what's he doing here because there's one time his eyes were looking down at the floor and I said well there's a cockroach he's just you know he's (laughs) distracted by it so we tried to make the most of it but it was it was bad (laughs) I'm laughing now but I'm (laughs) sure you were not laughing no 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 and I've read subsequently that he's been difficult to deal with so I'd like to think maybe it wasn't me but I don't know but you do wonder it's like well why would you do it right you
1: know, just, I mean,
2: it, it's just, if it's painful, then don't do He was do promoting it, yeah. a movie that he actually wrote and and produced, so you figure, hey, this is my project, and I want everybody to see it, and it's awesome, and it's great, but <laughs> apparently he doesn't believe in that approach. Didn't he go to Harvard? He did. Yeah, he did. Hey, brilliant actor, don't get me wrong. But oh, yeah. He is, that was he not is, fun. He is brilliant,
1: yeah. for sure. So, if someone was uh, in this position listening to the podcast that uh, is, you know, uh, hell-bent on a career somehow in media, Mm -hmm. what advice would you give them?
2: Well, I would say, first of all, and hopefully this is not going to be a problem for a lot of people. It already has been. Um, Be very careful about what you post on social media. I've seen a lot of people lose jobs over it. I know you have, too. There have been plenty of stories about it people who won't get hired. I had a friend of mine whose son was interviewing for a job down in Atlanta, and they asked him and required him to provide all of his social media accounts, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and they wanted to go through it just to make sure it was clean. So anything that you may have on there that could cost you a job, you you gotta remember, it's not you, you're also representing the organization you work for, and that's first and, first and foremost. So, one, you know, that's a hurdle that's a new hurdle for people to clear, but hopefully you don't have that issue. And if you do want to, you know, get into media, um, you have to work hard, you have to sacrifice, you have to understand the hours aren't great, the pay's not going to be great at the beginning, but I always felt that if you have that sort of passion, you have that voice in your gut that's telling you yes, this is what I want to do. And you're willing to learn at the outset, pay some dues. You you know, it'll be great. It'll be great because it's, like they say, find something that you love to do and you never work a day in your life. And I've been fortunate with that. I've done a lot of work, I've worked hard, but I've enjoyed the work. So that's that's important. And as far as journalism goes, be honest, tell the truth, Be skeptical. Be curious. That's great advice. Who are some of the people
1: that, as you were on your way up, that um, you'd like to acknowledge
2: that really, you know, helped you, mentored you and uh, to this day that, you know, made an impact? Too too many people to mention. A lot of people along the way. Some people who are in your life and then next thing you know, you turn around and they're gone. But they had an impact on you. This guy, um, I'll go back to high school. Richard Schnorbus was a guy who was a journalism instructor at, Emerson, uh, at Walpole High. <clears throat> he was great. I got to Emerson. And a lot of influence there. Marsha Della Giustina was ahead of, still is, uh, broadcast journalism. Another woman, Marilyn Mantra there, was terrific. I had a guy named Steve Sprazier. I don't know if you remember Steve. He was on Channel 5 as a reporter for a while. I do. He was on the old WEI when it was news radio. Terrific reporter. Huge influence on me. Dave Cromwell's the guy who gave me my first job. Can't thank him enough. I worked with a guy named Ken Bell, Providence, Rhode Island. Phenomenal. Channel 7, I worked there, I interned there. John Dennis was a huge influence. Frank Shore, Gary Gillis. People just treated me really well, gave me a lot of good advice, and I wouldn't be the reporter, the professional I am today without all of them and just watching how people carried out their jobs and the way they did things. Greg Kelly at Channel uh, 25 at the time, the GM, gave me a great opportunity. I can't forget Ken London at uh, TV38, and uh, Andy Sugg. And I'll tell you one quick story, Buzz. Good list. <clears throat> um, you know, you never know who's watching. You always gotta, so Ken London, I had just got a job in Providence. I'd been there for about a year. I was 25 years old. And I get a message in my, in the, you know, the old pink message slip, and it was from Ken London, and I recognized the number 3838, and I said, I think that's Channel 38. And Channel 38 at the time had Red Sox and Bruins. Uh, they were a super station for sports, and I was like, oh, well, geez, maybe something's going on. So I called him, and he said, look, I was on Block Island with my wife. She was pregnant at the time, and... Wasn't feeling well. So we went back to the hotel. She slept. I turned on the local news. And I was doing a sports cast on Channel Six on some weekend in I don't know, September or over the summer, I don't remember. And he said, You did a good job. I thought you looked pretty good and I like your efforts. So I want to see if you want to come up and audition for the studio host job at TV thirty-eight. I ultimately auditioned. Um, those guys stuck their neck out for me, Sean McDonough helped me, but ultimately I got the job. So if that was a day where I didn't really feel like working, if it was a day I mailed it in, it was a day I was sloppy, Ken London would have never put me in the back of his head and said, all right, I'm going to remember this guy. And who knows what would have happened. That was an unbelievable job for me, probably the biggest break I've ever had, all because one guy happened to be in a hotel and happened to be watching a random day where at least I put in the full effort and did enough to get recognized by him as someone who might be worthy of... Of that position. So the bottom line with that is, like Joe DiMaggio said, he's you know there was an old line he when they were killing some team in a game in August, and he was trying to leg out a double, and I'm like Joe, why are you, why are you trying so hard? And he says, well, there may be somebody here who's never seen me play before, and I kind of stuck that in the back of my mind. And I think going back to advice for kids, uh, or anybody getting into this business, or whatever it is you're doing, you never know who's watching, you never know who's paying attention. So whatever you're doing, doesn't matter how big or how small. Make it your Picasso. Make everything you do try to be your Picasso. The old saying goes, be a job, big or small, do it well or not at all. It's kind of a, not a dad joke, but dad philosophy there, Buzz. <clears throat> Gene, that's a great way to kill it and nail it. we the end here. Thanks for being on I've enjoyed walk. it so much, Buzz. I appreciate you asking me, and thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Taking a Walk with Buzz Night is available on Spotify,
1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Elevated.